Welcome to the Develop Yourself podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by learning to develop yourself, your skills, your network, and more. I'm Brian, your host. Today we have Nathan Drake, former Parsity student, current software engineer. We're going to learn more about how he got his first job, the windy path it took from musician to software engineer, what he learned along the way, and the mindset it took for him to make that massive switch. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to talk with you. So a couple months ago, Nathan came back to Parsity and did a tech talk, a walkthrough for the for the students there. It was really good. I actually learned quite a lot in that one. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. I like talking about it. So um, it's always nice when I can help people understand it as well. Yeah. So I'm curious, what are you working on? Like what tech are you using right now? Uh, yeah. So I, my um, day job is uh, I'm a front engineer, front end engineer at uh, Pelocity. And I work on the design systems team. So we make the components that the rest of the organization uses, the buttons, the forms, the inputs, uh, uh, modals, et cetera. And uh, the, the tech stack is pretty similar to what I learned at Parsity uh, right now. I mean, it's, it's TypeScript, which wasn't in the program at the time, but TypeScript, React, um, we use Emotion, but... Um, or like style components, but looking, we're currently going through the process of potentially changing to um, that. And in my personal projects, I've kind of switched over to using um, Tailwind. Um, nice. I've been recently sold myself on that. Um, actually, as a part of pitching it to my team, I sold myself on it and now use it full time, kind of in the same vein of uh, learning things to teach others. But uh, my kind of... My first paid gig was doing freelance work in the Web3 space. So like a, like the day I finished Parsity, I got like a contract gig in the Web3 space. And I still wow. um, do that stuff to this day, like on the side, uh, nights and weekends. Um, actually, if I've hired a couple other Parsity students to work with me on that when I don't have time. Um, and so that's what on the side, it's... Um, Still full stack stuff on the side, still React TypeScript mostly, but then I have some backends I have to manage. And then with the Web3 stuff, I have to work with all the blockchain packages that um, interact with blockchain and that kind of stuff. Quick plug for Parsity. This week, we have a massive discount if you apply early and save your spot and join us for April to learn how to code, get a job in software, and come back and maybe talk to me on the show about what you did. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled episode. This is really interesting. So you, you went to Parsi, you learned like full stack curriculum. How did you go from that into Web three? How did that work, and what did you what did you have to pick up along the way to do that? Yeah, so it was kind of simultaneous. So like I I talked to Aaron and committed to Parsi in like August of twenty one, and towards the end of that, I started picking up on NFTs. That was when NFTs were starting to go crazy. Yep. And I, I was already kind of like into Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, but then I just kind of saw this NFT trend and was like, uh, they need a lot of software developers for it. And so I just kind of like, while I'm starting Parsity, I'm just going to like try to learn as much as I can about it. Um, you know, it, I really enjoyed the NFT space. I met a lot of friends I still have to this day, but um, for the tech stuff, I... Um, Aaron connected me with somebody who um, needed some work, who had a Web3 startup, and then through that started my own kind of company, agency, whatever you want to call it, um, hiring or 
I, I got a three or four clients uh, doing that, and one of them I still have to stay. Um, and so, in terms of learning it, um, it was just um, I didn't have to learn smart contracts at first. That's what you hear mm-hmm. um, when you think about software developers and blockchain is learning smart contracts, either written with Solidity or Rust, and that's a whole other thing to learn. Yeah, and uh, but there's you also just need to connect those smart contracts to front ends in React. I'm impressed, man. That's cool, but it also like reinforces this idea, this this observation that coding is a foundational skill. Like you took mm-hmm. some stuff you learned, and you had a bit of a background in coding before Parsity as well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I started. Um, I had an app idea that uh, I was in the music industry for this, and I wanted to make this music collaboration app, and I. Um, I had a friend who was a software engineer at Google at the time, and I conned him into helping me build it. And we quickly realized he didn't have time for all of it. So I started learning, just trying to learn how to code. Um, and he sent me to this. So the stack then was, it was a React app, uh, built on Django, which is a backend full stack Python framework. Yeah. And, uh, so he sent me to a React course. Um, it was a code Academy react course. It was like an eight week kind of like sprint through JavaScript and react. Oh yeah. And it was way over my head. Um, didn't feel like I understood any of it. Uh, by the end of it, I didn't still didn't know what I was doing. Um, I somehow got the certificate, but I, I still don't like, I had no idea how my app was working. And so I kind of like, it kind of made me put it down for a while because I was just like, I just thought it wasn't for me. Um, and then, um, eventually came back to it um but instead of starting in javascript they started in python and then it started to click more um i think that python's a little less syntax heavy um things like like if you're used to making spreadsheets (laughs) it was kind of like the function started to click in my head there whereas like a loop in javascript is kind of hard to understand at first but a loop in Python or in Excel is just, is very direct. And so like the syntax made sense to me. And so eventually, let's see, that what I say? That was 2018. Um, tw- by 2021, I had kind of like poked around in Python for a while, found Parsity. Aaron told me it was, you know, all JavaScript. This is kind of like the best way to start to get a job. And I was like, cool, I'll just go back to JavaScript. And at that point, it really, really started to click for me because this was basically the third time I've tried to learn a coding language. Okay. And so I feel like, like that framework helped me a lot where, um, I think it's why a lot of people struggle when they start a boot camp learning a language for the first time. It, it's hard. It, to me, it takes three times learning a coding concept to really click. Like the first time you're like, what the hell is this? Yep. The second time you're like, uh, you start to get it a little bit, but you don't really know what to do with it. And then the third time it's like, you actually understand it and know how to use it. And so it just, it takes that, it takes a few times before it understands. And it's sometimes hard to have the patience or like, um, you know, just it's, it's hard to understand it. Like, I don't understand this now, but if I keep going, I will. And, uh, so I, um, not everyone gets those, um, that what, extra three years of poking around in code to get to understand that. But it, it certainly helped me because once I got to varsity, I was able to kind of power through it. That's really interesting. And maybe I shouldn't even ask this because uh, I <laughs> I'm a varsity, but like, if you already kind of knew how to code, you had all these great resources. What made you think, yeah, you know what? Now I'm also going to like pay for a boot camp on top of that. 
Yeah, I needed I needed direction and I need I need structure. I'm like um like Aaron Hayslip and specific specifically, he is really good self-motivator and he can just he can have an idea and launch a project and it will work. I'm not that person. I need I need structure, I need people to help me. And so I just I was um I got laid off from my music job when COVID hit and I uh, went back to school, finished a business degree. Um, and I, I really wanted to get in product product management because mm-hmm. I was like, this just seems like a, like an easy way to get into tech, um, which is not true. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, thank you again. Uh, I, yeah, I think that I have kind of the, I guess, soft skills to be a good product manager. But you need hard skills that you can prove on paper to get somebody to hire you. And so that was easy to do with coding. So somebody, I wasn't even looking for a boot camp. Somebody just, a friend of a friend suggested I talk to Aaron and he had the boot camp and was like, well, you know, screw it. I'll just do this. Um, Because I was like, either I'm going to love coding and just do that, or I can get into tech and then switch into product product management. And uh, as soon as I really dove into the coding, I never really looked back uh i just you know i like the tech side of it um so it, it's uh it was kind of a um an indirect path for me uh but it it, it really worked out and i'm i'm blanking on the original question but no that, uh, that's, that's fine i was just kind of like going through you know kind of what i assumed you'd say like i think people make this assumption like hey if you could just learn to do it all on your own i mean all the resources kind of are online you know, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah, a reason yeah. why people go to a university or a boot camp, or like even me, like three years into my career, I went to another boot camp after I was like already being paid because I'm like, I just need to know. I need somebody to like make a structured way for me to learn some stuff, like data structures and algorithms, for example. Or like yeah. I became a manager and I'm like, I hired a mentor because I'm like, I just need somebody that already knows what they're doing to tell me because like I think I don't really know what I don't know at this stage. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Have so much background, and you still said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go do this," and it worked out pretty well for you, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So now I remember your, your question. Uh, it, the, the structure helps me. Um, I really I did the full time program. Not everyone has the luxury of doing it. Like I said, it was I was already unemployed and uh, had the benefit of uh, having some unemployment, and then I had um, had some side music gigs. So I was, and I don't have kids, so I was like, I was able to commit to it full time. And I think that that makes such a difference to just like have that structure, like, because the, the structure of Parsity, uh, at least at the time, I imagine it's still pretty similar is basically, um, here's a couple of lessons where you're required to make some pretty big mental leaps. And then you just have to make an app every weekend. And that was it. Yep. And that just like forces you to learn it. And on the part-time program, same thing happens, but having it can be a lot harder with uh, with the distractions. So like, there's no way, all of the material is available on YouTube and Code Academy for free. Not the same material, but- um, Similar stuff. You know, same info. For sure. Um, but it's so hard to take it all the way to get a job, you know, whether it's motivation or structure or whatever, it's just, you know, Aaron, you and Aaron have put together a decent program where it's kind of like the minimum viable dose of, hireable skills with react you know if you can do some react and css so you can help somebody on a team somewhere Mm -hmm. it may you may think that like it's no you need to know four years worth of of coding no you just need to know enough to like finish a ticket finish a few tickets and then you'll you'll make your way so 
the skills there are easy, but like just having the, the path from like, that's why I committed with Aaron was I had a, I had currently had no path to a job and this was a path to a job. Like basically, you know, the promise is like, Hey, get through this boot camp. You have a very, very high, um, probability of getting a job after that. If you do the work. Yeah. It still took me a while before I learned, landed my first full-time job, but, um, I want to get into it that. still happened, you know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's the thing too. There's no, there's no timeline people like now that I own Parsity and I've known this forever. I was mentoring people to get jobs. I've been on the job market obviously before. I mean, I've switched jobs a number of times and there's like no rhyme or reason. Sometimes I've met really, really smart people that take like forever to get hired. And I've met people that honestly could barely code their way out of a paper bag, get hired like super fast. I'm like, how is that possible? On a side note though, you're a musician. Why are musicians so good at writing code? I swear to God, every like really good developer I've met has either been like mechanical engineer, musician, former military. <laughs> There's like a few <laughs> prototypes of people that tend to do really, really well in this industry. I'm just, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think musicians are so great at software? Yeah. So I think it's, it's two things. One, um, it may be a little bit of a survivorship bias, if that's the right thing, where, yeah. Um, like a lot of us musicians, like our sort of, you know, we get our college dreams to play music at the time I was in a band that was semi-successful. So I was like, I'm just, it wasn't even a second thought. I'm just going for it. But before I know it, I'm in my thirties. Um, I am quickly real. I'm totally burned out on the career and it's not as fun as I want it to be. And I'm realizing like, um, there's no path to like a six figure salary with good health insurance and a 401k in this industry. It just doesn't exist. You can get to like to get to the where you're making an equivalent. It's kind of like you either you can either make a living in music or you get famous and and you know do really well. But that's the 1% or less. Yeah. So I think a part of that is that a lot of people at the end of the music career, maybe uh, early 30s, uh are like what do I do? And uh, uh tech, you know, coding is just it's the only path I know of to where you can get to the a really good job without going back to school. You know, it's like doctor, lawyer, et cetera, all these other great careers. You kind of had to have to commit a lot of time from now or have to have done that like in college. And so it's just like, it's an easy path. But in terms of the hard skills, I think that it's the uh, right brain, left brain balance. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, from the outside looking in, you might think that coding is super technical and Obviously it is, we're telling computers what to do, but you have to be incredibly creative to solve problems. And so, um, I think that musicians already, music's the same way, same thing. You might think it's all right brain, very creative, but no, it's very technical. We got to make these notes work together. And so there's the, I've heard that the, uh, like connection between right brain, left brain is bigger and musicians. I don't know if that's true, but we're at least used to using, um, creativity and, technical skills like at the same time and that's what coding is and so i think that that connection is not hard to do um and then the other side of like you mentioned like military and and other engineers as well i think it's just like it's just a getting shit done mentality that's all coding is is somebody's giving you a problem you just have to solve it and it actually does not take a four-year degree to do it it doesn't take 20 years of experience to do that um the really experienced developers i work with that are great at um solving problems are just really good at debugging. Um, but really it's just like, you just have to believe whether you're year zero or year 20, like if you're given a problem, you can solve it. Uh, yeah. And that, that's what it's all about. 
That's funny. Yeah. I totally feel you on that one. Like there's that point. Cause you're going to get a lot of problems. You just don't know how to solve it. Like, and you have to get, at some point you get enough confidence. It took me a long time now that I'm like, okay, I know I'll probably figure this out at some point. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's creative problem solving at the end of the day. That's what we all do. Um, I want to get to the, the job part. This is probably a part. A lot of people are curious about, can you walk us through, you go to Parsity, you work and how did you get that first role? What was your like process to do that? Yeah. So, um, like most of, um, my life, it was a little bit of a weird path there too, as well. Cause, uh, so I finished varsity May of 22, got my first job, February 23. So, but that wasn't, I wasn't looking for a job that whole time because I, I had these clients in the web three space. So I was kind of like, since I was handed these projects, I, uh, me and my best friend who did Parsity with me, Doug, he was actually on the podcast with me a while back with Aaron. Um, we just kind of went all in on it. It was like, hey, can we make this work? Because the opportunity was there. Because we figured, worst case, if this fails, uh, we'll be exactly where we were, but with a little more experience, like in terms of looking for a job. And so it, it went pretty well at first. Um, uh, we... Uh, launched some some Web3 apps uh, for clients, got some some checks, paid the bills for a little while, but um, then the market kind of like totally tanked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Web3 stuff, uh, uh, I don't believe it's just a fad, but it does follow market trends big time, especially in terms of um, VC money that goes to clients that might want to pay me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the money just dried up. And that was like, so I started kind of looking full time in October for a job. So it took me five months basically to get a job. Okay. Um, and it wasn't the best time to be looking for a job. You know, the market's been pretty rough the past couple of years, but I don't know if there's ever really a good time to look for a job. Like I know that it's been better at times for yeah. juniors, but the fact is like um, getting your first job as a junior is a miserable experience. It's going to probably <laughs> take three to six months and you just have to power through it. There's no... Like it's going, you, all you need is one, all you need That's is right. one offer. You need one. Yes. And so you just like, uh, it, I thought that because I had some real world projects some real world experience that that timeline would be shorter for me. I was thinking I can get a job in a month or two. And, uh, that wasn't the case. Maybe I could have, if it wasn't end of year, you know, I started in October, but, um, uh, it, it, I, I, what helped me through the process mentally was just realizing like, Hey, uh, I just need to, this is going to take a while. I need to figure out how to pay the bills otherwise. And so, um, you know, kind of kept doing some of my music side gigs to pay the bills in the meantime, but just like, if you can have the mentality, it's going to take you six months and you're prepared for it mentally and financially, it makes it so much easier. And then, uh, then it's like, it takes off the pressure of, of the job search. Cause it feels like you should spend 40 hours a week doing the job search oh, yeah. that works for some people. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's not really, uh, it's not really how it works. I kind of, um, I kind of had a little bit of confirmation bias with the job search process where, um, what Aaron had recommended, and this may be what you recommend too, is to take the, um, uh, the, I forget what he called this approach, but where you're, you're doing like five or 10 jobs that you're trying to get, and you're just trying to make connections. Like your, your primary goal is to make a connection. And you're not doing the, like, I guess the spray and pray approach where you're just yes. cold applying to many places. And so I had no luck with connections. 
all of my software friends who were at tech companies were like, our, our companies are freezing hiring, you know, there's nothing I can do. And so I kind of gave up on that and just started doing cold applications. And I was getting a lot of round one interviews. Um, I think it was around like 10% of my cold applications would convert into a round one interview. And that felt really good. Pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, there's like, there's no correlation really between, um, the round ones and getting beyond that because, um, like my little bit of experience did help me because I was like, oh, this guy has an interesting process or project. Um, we'll throw him in, in the pool. But it seems like hiring managers need like a quota of a certain amount of candidates they throw in the round one interview. But That's like, right. really, there's only a handful that are actually, they're still going to like, if you don't have five years of experience, they're still not going to let you through. And, you know, I would have had to like absolutely amaze them uh, to get through. And even then, I don't think that that even matters because I think that, um, the person doing the round one is usually not the person making the hiring decision. And so even if you, you get a yes in the round one, they're going to be like, well, he doesn't have five years of experience and then just throw it out. So, um, all I'd say, I, uh, what ended up getting my job was a connection, um, through, uh, it was actually a former pro Parsity project shift student who I connected with on web three stuff. And we, would meet on Zoom and just chat about what three projects we were working on. And she was working on Paylo at Paylocity at the time. And she, uh, um, I just randomly at the end of one of our conversations, like, hey, is your company hiring? And she said, yeah, I'll refer you. And I applied to a job that, like some random back-end job. And then it, a spot on her team opened up and she could hand my resume to the manager, who's my manager now. And that was it. Like the, the interview, um, went really well. He liked me. Um, and I think that he was burned by a previous candidate where they were working two jobs on the side and like, oh. he was like a perfect candidate and that, but they were a horrible worker because he was working two jobs. And so after that, like my manager basically said, I'm not hiring anybody without a personal recommendation. And so like, it, uh, I understand that now being on the other side of it, it was really annoying when I wasn't getting through round one interviews, but that's why it's because these people have been burned as well. So that's why the per personal recommendation works. Um, and it, supposedly he jokes that this is what gets me the job, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that this isn't why I got the job, but he had guitars on his wall. One of them was kind of rare and I recognized it and I said yeah. something about it. And he, he said, well, you got the job. And then <laughs> I eventually did. So it just kind of, that's how it worked out. People underestimate that human connection piece. Like I, everybody underestimates or discounts the power of luck in that first job or even really any job. Like, I don't care yeah. what you, whether you're going to Google or whether you're going to like the no name startup down the street, it's like, there is a bit of luck involved. Like you, you stay consistent, you have the technical foundation. Then it was kind of a matter of time, but then I always imagine like, what if you gave up during that hard time? Cause a lot of people probably would have been like, you know what? this isn't for me. I'm, I'm out of here. And then they would have never like reached that period where they finally got that opportunity to, to go in there. And now you're what, two years into this particular role? Uh, 11 months actually. So it's, it's February now. So at the end of like the 27th is my one year anniversary. Wow. So, yeah. Early congrats, man. That's amazing. Thank you. That's kind of crazy actually to be like, to switch careers and you go through this gamut. And then at the other end is like, kind of like a new life, but you know, for many people, I don't know, how much it's changed your life, but I am curious, like how has your life changed since, 
since like learning to code and in, in now being a full-time software engineer? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, changed a lot. Um, I, uh, you know, it's not like my lifestyle is like we do, I mean, we actually did move. It's not like I, you know, bought a new car or anything, but it's just like it, uh, you take it for granted, but it is, it is really nice. Just like not having the stress of wondering where, how you're going to pay your bills. Like I can, I can go to the doctor now for 20 bucks. I don't have to worry about like, um, you know, during COVID I sprained my foot and I was like super stressed about like paying for an x-ray and, yeah. uh, you know, it's like that stuff is just, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, the, the 401k is, is turning the right direction and it, it makes a big difference just in, in terms of just quality of life day to day and, and stress levels. And, uh, but you know, when I, um, so when I got laid off at the beginning of COVID, uh, I actually could have gotten my job back like six months later and I opted not to. And, but if you would have told me that it would have taken me three months or three years from, you know, March, 2020 to February, 2023 to get the job, like, I don't think I would have done it. Like I couldn't, right. you know, nobody, I don't, nobody can say like, yeah, I'll commit to three years of a job change unemployed. Uh, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of got, again, you know, another like luck COVID the pandemic kind of worked to my advantage in that sense. Um, yeah, it, it, I, there are definitely points, especially in the job search that would have been easy to give up. I think, especially if you're prone to, um, just, um, the self doubt with, if you can do it as a developer, mm -hmm. I think it would be easy to quit. And, um, I think my, my contracting work helped me there because then I was able to see very quickly that I could do it. You know, it was very small projects, but like in a month, like I had to go from, uh, I'm not sure if I can, uh, figure out this project to, oh, this project's live and it works and I can do it. So like having that confidence from the freelance projects of knowing that I could do the job probably did help push through the, the low times of that job search that oh, yeah. not everyone has, if they're just coming out of a boot camp. you just have to have a little bit more trust in yourself there, I guess. Yeah. That that's, that's difficult. Cause like everybody suffers from imposter syndrome for sure. Whether you're, you get the job and you're on the next one, or especially when you're trying to get that first job, it can feel like there's a lot of barriers. Like, man, should I learn more? Should I learn this now? Someone said I should learn cybersecurity or, oh yeah, Kubernetes or now I need to add this to my tool belt and that to my tool belt. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, you know, you may, may make sure you have a technical foundation, but you're right. I mean, let's be, let's be honest learning like knowing enough react is honestly enough to get a lot of jobs out there i think people like overestimate yeah. just what just how much like software engineers do in an individual contributor role it'd be really weird to have like a full devops shop in one person like oh yeah i do the kubernetes cluster and the aws and i write the front end and the back end and i do like that would be a team of people you know maybe maybe at a really small yeah. start not a not any real real company yeah no there's I think actually my company was hiring only full stack developers for a while. And now it's not that way. Um, there's, you'd be surprised just, well, you wouldn't, but I think a lot of boot campers would be surprised at the react skill at, um, a lot of companies like our company was, is all .NET stuff. And mm -hmm. it was largely backend engineers for a long time. Like the focus to grow the company was building out features. And so that meant a lot of backend. And the front end didn't matter so much. And so yeah. now like my team is helping modernize the experience, but there's not a lot of react skill. And it's not that there's not good developers. They're just not 
um, you know, React is still like relatively new in tech world. It's what been around 10 years ish. Uh, and it's probably been, um, you know, the industry standard for even less. So it's not like if you were started developing 20 years ago, it's not that unreasonable. You wouldn't know that much React. So that's where you can like, for us as junior devs who are coming and learning just React, this is where you can really help a team. And you may not think so, but it actually is like super helpful to just be able to put together a React page. Um, that's enough to, to be useful. Very um, good point. And, uh, in terms of, yeah, you, you know, you were kind of getting to the, like during the job search, there's a lot of like, learn this, learn that I needed to learn, you know, AWS or next or TypeScript or whatever. And I don't think it really matters what you learn during that <laughs> phase. I think it's yeah. best, it's probably best for you to focus on what you know and get really good at it and just make projects that are really good. Um, I saw a tweet recently on like a kind of career on a very simple career unlock being for people is just reading through docs. Like so many develop, so many few developers actually take the time to read through docs. React has a brand new docs that they just launched in the last yeah, couple of years, react.dev. Just read, literally read, spend your time reading every page there and then make React apps that are live on GitHub. That's, that's enough to get a job. Uh, that's going to put you uh, a level up above even people on your team because people will come to you and ask for React advice. Oh, yeah. I think people j way overestimate just how involved your average developer is, like in code, like outside of work or in like the, if you're on LinkedIn and Twitter all day, you might have this idea that like, oh, wow, all developers are super passionate, really into their work. And I'm like, no, that's just this vocal minority that's online all the time, that's permanently totally. online. A lot of people don't know anything. I mean, that's a great point. I remember joining a company and like all the backend guys didn't know CSS and I like nothing. It was a C-sharp.net shop. And the, mm -hmm. I'm way out of my league, but then they were so terrible at CSS that I found little ways to, to be useful. They're like, I can't center this, you know, the typical can't center a div thing. It's like <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I could figure that out. And they're like, oh, thank God. And I'm like, wow. Okay. This is my, this is my way to do that. And you're right. Like I, I joined a team that was very new to react and I had been writing it for a while. And that was like my time to shine just doing that. It was really yeah. a good way to like, come on and, and be effective pretty quickly and by the way you know quick plug for parsity we're now using next.js um just added some typescript foundational stuff to get just used to Great. it now because it seems so ubiquitous and like quickly becoming yeah. an industry standard um before i let you go i'm curious um what advice would you give to those people that are learning to code and to change careers what are some things you wish maybe you had done differently or things you would generally tell people like, hey, this this worked out for me that they should be doing? Yeah, um, I think just, uh, you know, general advice, like uh, it's worth it. Um, it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's not that far away. Um, do whatever you need to do to power through, you know, figure out how to pay your bills and just like do it every day. Do some amount of it every day. It doesn't mean eight hours a day, like 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, whatever. Um, just keep taking steps forward. It, it's totally worth it. Um, and I think that, I think, uh, this may not be true, but I, I actually do kind of think that anyone can be a developer. So if you have a, that, that thought at any point, like I can't be a developer, that's for other people. I don't think it's really true. Um, obviously it's a very specific skill set, but there are so many different types of developers that you need. You need super technical ones, you need creative ones. Um, so I, I you know, you can do it. So like all the motivation stuff. Uh, there's that in terms of practical things. Um, 
Uh, I think just what I just said, like whatever you're learning, if it's um, probably React, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, or you know, at least in JavaScript land, um, just focus on that. Uh, I do think t t TypeScript is one of the things that is probably worth learning. Um, that's one of the ways I made my mark on the team. I, like my mentor at Varsity recommended I start learning TypeScript with my final project. And then that first gig that I got uh, doing contract work was in TypeScript. And so is my job now. And I've actually been able to, it's kind of one of my, uh, I've kind of become the TypeScript guy on our team because um, a lot of the developers on our team, they started in you know CSARP or something and uh, worked in JavaScript and our repo was converted as TypeScript only a couple of years ago. And so I've been able to kind of be the TypeScript guy just by having that. And so um, that, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be TypeScript. You can find your own unique skill, but I would say whatever you like learning, go for it. But um, yeah, just focus on the simple things. Focus on uh, the most important thing is that you're solving problems and you're showing people real code. Like um, uh, I think that's what got me through the, um, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, the interview, the first interview with my boss was the round two. And that's where I checked the box on the personal thing with the guitar. Mm -hmm. And I had the personal recommendation. And so then I think round three was just all about showing that, hey, this guy can code. It, it, it wasn't um, that I was an expert. It was just like, hey, I can I can do React stuff. And um, so just do that. Just, just be able to like, if somebody asks you how to, um, you know, how to render something in react uh you should be able to answer it and hopefully you've already answered it with like a handful of products on, on github so yeah um i i would say like more than well actually you know if it's a portfolio website that's fine because that can get you you can get something online with that but just pick any idea you have probably what you do for a final project and just keep working on that and get it online and just yeah i think that that's probably your your best um, thing to focus on because that gives you something to work on, something to learn, and then real code to show uh, in in job interviews. I like it. I love it. Yeah. This has been really interesting. You have a, a windy path, but it's also a little common. I think no one has like this straightforward path. I think we all have this idea like learn to code, do this, get a job immediately. And like the reality is like, yeah, people do. And a lot of people have a more windy path this is really interesting I'm, I'm really curious to see where you go do you write online by the way are you online like writing about stuff not as much as it's something i've thought about doing recently just in line of where we started with like enjoying teaching um and so i would probably i'll probably never be like a content creator but i would like to write more and so in terms of finding me i would um i'm on i don't really post on twitter but i'm always on twitter it's just at nathan drake and then on linkedin just look for nathan drake uh and please connect with me there. Feel free to DM me, ask me questions. Um, those are probably the two places to find me the best. Awesome. And if I do start writing, you'll see it there. Yeah. I mean, I, I really would encourage you to, you have a lot of great advice and, you know, an interesting story and you're just good at teaching. I mean, you've done, when I saw you do that, I was like, wow, this guy's really good at this. So yeah, I'd love to see you more. Thank online. You. But people can find you. The, your information will be in the show notes. Again, thanks so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for today's episode of the Develop Yourself podcast. To learn more about becoming a software engineer with us, then check out Parsity.io. If you're not quite ready for that, then jump into our dev30.xyz program, which is 30 days of working on your mindset, habits, and JavaScript skills. Totally worth it. See you next week. <laughs>